Kyle and Carrie here from the Heat of Command podcast. We are live and in person at the 2024 Virginia Fire Rescue Conference here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It's been a fun uh, couple of days so far. The conference just opened today and we'll run through this weekend, right, Carrie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they've had a bunch of educational sessions that will continue on and hot classes, uh, hands-on training going on here. And like I said, the uh, the convention center just opened where people can walk around and see all the new bells and whistles going on in the fire service. So It's impressive in here. It's very impressive. That's pretty exciting. You know, we get the opportunity to talk with some of the uh, Virginia fire chief leaders and some of the folks who put on this conference, and we get to hear from them here in a little bit about what they got going on this year and what they got coming up. Yeah, it's a extremely well-organized event. Uh, I feel like as a attendee and as a speaker here, uh, great hospitality, um, very well-organized, very easy to navigate. So that's been very nice. So thank you to all of you that put this uh, amazing event together. And coming in here to the event hall, it's, man, there's some cool stuff in here. So if any of you haven't checked this out, come down. You can buy a day ticket to come see the exhibit hall. Um, and if you've never attended the conference, make sure you put it on your schedule for next year for 2025. It's always in February down here in Virginia Beach at the convention center, um, oceanfront rooms uh, or hotels on the oceanfront. It's always nice to come down and stay, even if it's wintertime and it's a little chilly here. And Kyle's complained all, all week that it's warmer in Illinois than it is in Virginia. Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's always fun for me traveling and, and being a part of different uh, events and things that are going on across the country and coming here to Virginia and seeing uh, what they got going on at their conferences and educational sessions and just how they continually try to attract the young people coming in and what they're doing and staying ahead of the curve to, you know, just keep, keep progressing the industry. And it's uh, it, it's really fun to see and meet and network all all different kinds of people. Yeah, I, I've talked, I think, today in class about how some of the best um, knowledge sharing occurs not in the classroom, but in between when you get to network with people from other departments and share stories and talk about what you're going through. And uh, the hot classes, the hands-on classes this year looked absolutely amazing. And I think it's pretty cool that the instructors and students are from all over the Commonwealth putting on those classes together. So as different as sometimes we think we are, a lot of times we're so, we're, we're so much the same. So. Yeah, you know, and just reflecting back on our week and, you know, we presented on Tuesday to uh, the Women of Fire. And then uh, today we had uh, two educational sessions a as well this morning and, and just a good audience and good feedback and good collaborative, uh, I, I think, conversation on <clears throat> how we progress uh, our industry and what leadership looks like today and what we need to be doing as leaders to to quickly advance, you know, and as we sit here and pull some uh, questions out uh with some of the leaders within uh, the Virginia Fire Chiefs, I, I would anticipate that they are quickly aligned with the things that me and you talk about. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I can't wait to hear from them and see what it, some of the trends are of the conferences and how they're growing it and what their plans are and uh, really where the Virginia Fire Chiefs Association is going and where the conference is going next. 
Hey, everybody. We are here at the Virginia Fire Rescue Conference. The exhibit hall has just opened. It's a little after one o'clock. And we're excited to be here and grab some folks to talk about the conference and all the good stuff going on in the Commonwealth of Virginia and the fire service. So today, our first uh, victim is Chief Vance Cooper from yeah. the Virginia Beach Fire Department. And as of yesterday, he is the new incoming president of the VFCA. So we're going to ask him some questions and pick his brain and let him tell him tell us all his good stuff. So yesterday, now you're the brand new president. And what was your position before? I'm guessing it's um, you guys. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, originally you start out serving on the board uh, and you could start out in different capacities uh, at an at-large position or you can start out as in one of the uh, seven divisions that the state's divided into. You can start out. You can start out. Uh, you can start out a whole lot uh, in a more specific region, like the division one through sevens. And that's how the state's divided up for the fire departments. Uh, and there's vice presidents for each of those. And that's how I came on board. I started out in division five, which is what this area is. And it's pretty much, uh, you hit the Williamsburg area and come on down south, and then you head west over to Chesapeake, Suffolk, Portsmouth, that area, Isla White, and then uh, you head further east and north, and you take all of the entire eastern shore all the way up to the Maryland line, and that's the Division Five area. And what you find out is um, that there's a lot to the fire service different than what you're experiencing in your hometown, right, when you see something like that, because... Uh, in that large area, you have extremely rural and agricultural uh, that's predominantly delivered by um, uh, volunteer base. And then you get into more urban, suburban areas where it's more career based kind of thing. So that's that's where you get your eyes opened up when you get on the BFCA. And then you can st if you want to, you can continue to go through the chairs, as we call them. And that's where you come onto the executive board and you learn more about the actual running of the business. Um, you don't have to leave your division uh, vice president seat or an at-large seat to be on the executive board. And usually what we do there is uh, if you're interested in maybe going through the chairs of the second vice president, the first vice president, and the president, we'd like you to come on to the executive board for a couple of years because you learn a little bit more about the business because in the future, you're going to be like running that aspect. So you don't want to do it blindly. <laughs> and so that's what I've been doing for the last three years. Um, I did the Division Five thing, and I came on executive board for a few years. And then uh, I loved the leadership that was in front of me, and I wanted to be a part of what they were doing. And um, so I asked them, hey, I'd, I'd really like to um, maybe get in the chair circuit with you. And what happens is you put your name in the hat, and then the entire board votes on you as to whether they think you're the right person to fill that seat. And so I was fortunate to do it. And so it's come come to fruition this year in 2024. That's good stuff. Yeah. And and, and just another little, maybe you're going to ask it, but uh, the VFCA, the history of it, it goes all the way back to 1930. Uh, we became um, an incorporated agency all the way back in 1930. Uh, I don't even know what you call us incorporated, but we were an association back in 1930. When did all the official incorporation stuff happen? I, heck, I don't know. It's probably... Not too long ago, right? <laughs> but uh, go all the way back to 1930. So that's pretty impressive for Virginia's fire service to have that kind of thought process back then. Yeah. Yeah, Chief, you know, you, you talk about getting out of your own bubble. And, you yeah. know, I, I can relate with that just traveling with uh, Carrie and I, you know, where, where we've been. And I get to see different areas of the country and how they're operating uh, the fire service industry. And I feel coming to Virginia, it's been 
very progressive in terms of some of the things that I might be used to, you mm -hmm. know, and I, I think that's great to see some things. And, you know, my second year here being at this conference, as soon as I walked in on Tuesday, I was like, wow, it's a lot busier this year already. So I guess what's the outlook, you know, looking forward and, and in your new position and looking at next year and years to come, what are you seeing in terms of attracting more people to a great event like this or even growing the event as far as training and, mm -hmm. and just kind of staying ahead of the curve with the newer people coming into the industry? Yes, great. Great question, because that's, you know, that's what we're all looking to do, right? Whether you're whether you're a hometown uh, volunteer, you're looking to attract people that want to do it, right? Yeah, or yeah. you're having a big conference where you're trying to do something on a bigger scale. So um, I'm glad you said that because this year we're over 150 people more already registered and participating this year than we were last year. So what you're seeing in Sensen is is real. It's not, it's and not, that's great. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But so the VFCA's mission uh, is three things. And we do that through education. We do it through advocacy. And then ultimately, we hope that relates to overall leadership. And that's what our three mission levels are for the organization. And where, where I believe it starts, I think most people believe it starts, is under that education setting. And the VFCA runs all kinds of um, opportunities through golf tournaments, through 5K walks and runs, um, through skeet shooting competitions where people can come out and but they donate money and then we also uh we we're, we're very fortunate we have a lot of prime vendors that like to also donate money to us and what that does is it it gives money to our foundation and our foundation is what then feeds the money into the vfca to allow us to provide educational opportunities like this fantastic um fire rescue conference that happens every february in virginia beach uh, and again, like I said, we have over 900, I think, in 53. I think we have, as of today, over 953 registered people. Um, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we did what's called hot classes. Maybe that's a common term around, but hands-on training. It was over at our fire training center. And on each day, we trained 100 different people from firefighter ranks all the way up to your highest ranking chief officers that were participating in hose pulling, driving fire trucks, pumping fire trucks, forcible entry, all the way to where we ran real live fire evolutions, running command simulation training. And the other thing that was super cool about it is we had trucks from all over the state that came. So you'd have a Virginia Beach truck pull up because it's right here in our own backyard. But then you'd have a truck from Henrico or Fairfax or Salem, and then the crew that would get off would be from four different fire departments, too, and then they would all go do the stuff. So that's that's the cool stuff, like from an education perspective, right on down to the grassroots, right on up to the top. You can get something here, right? And so so we believe in that. Um, then we run summits all year long. Uh, where you go around and you hit little hot spots throughout the state and we talk about what's on their minds directly there and we bring in speakers that are specific to that and help share those ideas that are going on in the fire service. And then uh, probably two other little programs that we run every June is called the Virginia Fire Officer Academy and the Virginia Chief Officer Academy. And all these things that I'm talking about here are 100% funded and sponsored through the VFCA and their foundation. So this is all monies that we raise to help hire the people, rent out the space. But 
the VFOA and the VCOA are taught at the University of Richmond. It's an on-campus resident program that runs for an entire week. And you get to stay there with your cohort of people of, um, I think it's somewhere between 25 and 30 people in each class. And uh, it just expands your technical and adaptive training levels of all the different stuff you got to interact with. So educationally, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Kyle's heard me talk about the VFOA during the class that we teach together. That's part of what I talk about is some of the stuff and the development I got to be a part of at VFOA and how that changed my whole leadership style and made me really comfortable and and what I was trying to do, but couldn't quite like dial it in on my own. But the VFOA really helped me do that. And yeah, so that was like my first introduction to being really comfortable as a leader. And we talk about it in our class. That's 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 fantastic. And so it it ties. It makes me want to say this, too, is, yeah, it's called the Virginia Fire Chiefs Association. But it's not just for chief officers, right? It's for firefighters. We want you to be a member. And why do we want you to be a member? It's because we want you to know that you have these opportunities, right, to go and do this and participate. And and we're in it. We remember we had to get on. We had to start somewhere, too, right? And we started out as firefighters. We didn't just all of a sudden come and go, hey, I know it all. <laughs> so uh, so we get that, right? So we want, we want membership from everywhere, right? And then um, – Try not to get too terribly long-winded because I can just go on, you guys. <laughs> no, this is great. But so from the educational standpoint, what we believe that grows then is it grows your ability to advocate for yourself, right? Or advocate for your department or advocate for your fire company that you're at. Or if you're a chief officer, advocate for your battalion, your organization, whatever it is. But you've learned those technical and adaptive things that you need to negotiate a little bit more gray area that advocacies really require, right? And whether you're doing that um, among your firehouse or you're trying to advocate for someone to get an assignment, right? You learn how to do that or you advocate for them to go to a training class or whether you're trying to get your local officials or your elected bodies to give you more money for turnout gear or buy an ammo. You know, you guys are shaking your heads yeah. like, yeah, I get oh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you got to do that, right? And then hopefully in the end, people see you as, oh, that person's leading the way, right? And that's ultimately you're modeling that behavior, you're teaching that behavior to model that behavior. And in the end, you know, you're achieving worthy goals, right? And that's, I think that's what all of us that are drawn to service. Yeah. I think we're all trying to look for is like, how do we achieve these worthy goals that we set ourselves out for? And hopefully we're helping set some real um, foundational pieces for that. And then allowing you to grow your career. I'm 34 years in, I still love into, I still love coming to this conference and I take classes every time I can. Yeah, that's awesome. Can can you also talk about what are you looking forward to this year as mm -hmm. the president? What are some things that the BFCA has ongoing or might be starting that um, you can tell us about? Yes, you, you bet. So um, the this the past two years, um, we have been very focused legislatively, and I'll tell you why. It is post-COVID, whether it has anything to do with COVID or not, I got no idea. And when I say COVID, that kind of wraps it all up. Lots of stuff happened as a result of COVID, right? But it seems like everything in the fire service, but it, talk to my friends that are in industry. I talk to my friends that are in schools and that sort of thing. The workforce is a different mindset of workforce that wants to come. Um, so recruitment and retention, huge problem. Um, money, right? Having enough money to afford to buy an ambulance today that used to cost 125 or 200,000 cost 350 or 400,000 and it used to take 10 or 12 months to get it it now takes 36 months right. to get it yep. so you know all these all these things so these things line up and then that translates into 
ladders and hose and PPE, right? And then you need to tweak your facilities, right? Um, or, you know, in Virginia, um, we still have fire stations have dirt floors. Uh, you don't, you're like, what? Yeah. I didn't. Oh, I, dirt floor. <laughs> we still have fire stations that have dirt floors, right? Um, these are these are places that need some help, right? And they're they're running 25-year-old turnout gear and they're running 30-year-old ambulances, right? And and the only way they're getting by with it is, yeah, they're a little bit smaller town and there's they're not running the crazy amount of calls that some bigger towns are. But I mean, at some point that just doesn't work anymore, right? So um, so legislatively, we are very focused on letting the legislator knows, let, let all the legislation uh, in the state know that the fire service is hurting locally. Um, the tax base just isn't there to provide uh, for that drastic increase in all of these things that help the fire service do their job. And then the time lag that exists, they're going to be shelling out hundreds of thousands and in some cases, millions of dollars more than they ever have. And it's still not going to show up for 36 or 40 months. Right. And, you know, that just makes you go crazy, right? right? It just makes you go crazy. So we are advocating at the General Assembly level big time to help them understand. And uh, just this year, I think uh, the, the the budget will be adopted at the end of this week. Um, and we should be hopefully we'll be able to see what that's all about um, uh, by Sunday. I think I think that's sort of the goal for the state to put out the, the budget by Sunday. Um, and what they've done is the VFCA did a study and we got 87 percent return of all fire departments in the state of what their primary needs were. Number one, staffing. Number two, facilities. Number three, ambulances, fire trucks. Number four, training, PPE, that major equipment that you need. Right. Those were the top five things. And um, they're like, holy cow, you guys really nailed it. Right. And so rightly so, if you're running a business like they're running the state, they're like, all right, let us take what you've got. Let us maybe hire a company, right? And go out and assess what you've done, analyze what you've done, and let us try to confirm it or see if there's a different way to look at this. So I think we're making some, you know what I mean? We're, we're building relationships in the right places. And that's another thing that we're doing. So that's that will be a major focus of mine, the executive board and the VFCA from that level. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome to hear. And yeah. I, I think it's important for, you know, we have listeners all over the world, but a lot of Virginia listeners, since, since I'm here in the Commonwealth and a lot of Illinois listeners are from Kyle's yeah, end of the world there. A lot but, from the UK as well. Yeah. But I, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. 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 Very cool. Some, some folks in the Netherlands that, that like oh, to heck listen. Oh, yeah. 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 So, but I, I think it's it's nice for folks outside of Virginia to hear what the Commonwealth is doing. Yeah. Because it's impressive. It and, and every time Kyle comes, he's like, man, this is so wonderful. And, and you know something, sorry, Kyle, uh, uh, something else. So, you know, you, the uh, at, at different levels, they they know that the federal government, at least in the U.S., so now that I know we have some international listeners, in the U.S., they have uh, the federal programs, the AFG programs, right, to help with some staffing stuff and these other things. And, and so just as an example to put it out there on how big it is, this past year, okay, um, the AFG program is authorized at $720 million total dollars for the entire U.S. fire service to apply for. $720 million. That's it. So, so, and when I say that's it, this, here's what I'm going to say to you. is there, It's broken into four programs. One big one is SAFER, and you know, that stands for Staffing for Adequate yeah. Fire and Rescue People. Um, that's $360 million of it. And then the other three programs are the other $360 million. Just for safer alone, you ready for this, guys? This year, 
$5 billion worth of requests for $360 million of available wow. funds. So the need is alive, right? It is there. It's in your face, right? And so the fire service is speaking very loudly on this is what we need help with. And everyone is really starting to recognize it. And I think I think the federal level, I think at the General Assembly level, certainly in the state, everyone's going to rally around it. We just got to figure out the way to do it because you can't just go and break the bank, right? right? You just right. can't go break right. the bank. Right. right. Well, thank you, yes. Cooper. This has been wonderful. Yes. Greatly appreciate appreciate you coming yeah with you. Us, so i always like hearing the insight it's yeah. just yeah yeah it's interesting it's just a different dynamic you know like you said you travel all over and you're accustomed to one thing and then you hear another thing and travel to these different states and you know there's the the struggles that are faced in illinois slightly different than virginia you know it's a huge union state so there's that layer uh, on yeah. on top of it pension issues you know funding issues on so many levels you know so it's uh and when i came here last year i was like wow they're doing that and learning about how fairfax county trains i think was really eye opening and how they kind of flipped the script on that and yeah. how they're training their people and it's just cool to see the progress in in yeah. some areas and hear about it and i think it's important you know, we all know our fire chiefs are out there, you know, asking for money and data and, you know, doing the research and, you know, sending our needs out. But it's nice. It's nice for every level in the fire service to understand what's going on legislatively and and what money is or isn't available and what work you guys are doing. Because I I think, you know, the anger sometimes in the firehouses and the, you know, the, the morale stuff. And sometimes it's just you just don't know the information. And so you're mm -hmm. you're making assumptions or guesses. So it's I think it's nicer from firefighter on up to to know that information. Yeah, sure. It's eye opening for me. So, thank well, you. I, I really appreciate you guys having me. And um, I, I, I got to tell you. I wouldn't mind doing something like this maybe every now and then with you guys. And we could even give you an update. However, it works out like yeah. I, I'm right here, too. And like if it works out somehow, I don't know. I don't know how else it could it could happen other than right here. But certainly um, more than welcome to to join you guys. Uh, it looks like the three of us could all hang out and have a beer maybe yeah. somewhere, too, and have a, a whole lot longer conversation yeah. than yeah. we have the yeah. time for. Yeah. So uh, yeah. please keep me in mind and uh, maybe I'll start. I'm going to start listening to Thank what you, you guys are doing here. I wasn't aware of it, but. Yeah. This sounds pretty awesome. So thank you for reaching out and telling our story too. Awesome. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you. it. We just finished up an interview with Chief Vance Cooper, and now we have the co-chair, is that correct? Correct. Of the conference of the Virginia Fire Rescue Conference here in Virginia Beach. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and we'll get rolling. Okay. My name is Steve Lisinski. I'm a uh, retired assistant chief from Virginia Beach Fire. Um, I Do you want a little history on how I got involved yeah. with the conference? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So- in 2007, I got promoted to battalion chief in 2006, and I uh, was assigned to an administrative job, and Virginia Beach was going to host the Metro Chiefs Conference. And that conference is, it's a national, it's a North American conference for fire chiefs of departments, 400 folks or larger. So they said, hey, we're going to give this to you. I'm like, Okay. Actually, one of my bosses said, you know, this is a uh, career making <laughs> assignment. I was like, well, that's nice. Um, so anyways, Chief Jimmy Carter, um, who was, uh, he just recently passed unexpectedly, but he was, he was our um, deputy chief at the time. And then when he retired, he was the executive director for Virginia Fire Chief Association. And I knew he was doing this conference and I approached him and said, chief, I need a little mentoring. So he said, come on. So that was in 2007. And 
he made me part of the team. And then uh, my co-chair is uh, David Hutchison. He's our re Virginia Beach retired fire chief and newly elected city councilman. Um, <clears throat> so I've been doing this since 2007 and probably 2012, 2013, Hutch and I took it over as the co-chairs and um, we've been been moving forward since. You want to ask any questions? You want me to keep going? Oh, we could do either way, but I, I have lots of questions always in my head. So um, I've seen the conference grow over, you know, the last however since I've been coming, which is, you know, a few years. But um, what do you guys um, what do you guys do to make it grow? It's got I mean, this year, Kyle and I've been talking about how uh, it's so it feels so much busier this year than, than last year. Yeah. So we. uh this is the ninth year that we've used all four halls here at the convention center. Oh, okay. It's 155,000 square feet, something like that. Um, and that's our biggest challenge in getting foot traffic. Um, our conferences, we think it's the largest in the state of Virginia and we hope it, we think it will compete with any other state conference. You know, we can't compete with FRI or, um, you know, the other big ones. Um, <clears throat> So I think the level of classes you certainly you certainly are. Well, <laughs> our I've level seen. of classes have this year alone. You know, we've done amazing things, and that's Eugene Dorm. He's a uh, fire captain from um, Chesterfield, and he's our professional development coordinator because they also do the Virginia Fire Officers Academy and the Virginia Chiefs Officers Academy uh, in the summer at the Uni University of Richmond. So, yeah. But anyways, we. As far as the educational programs, we started pushing these tracks. Um, so <clears throat> one of our other folks that, that we worked with, uh, James Ramsey, he's retired deputy chief of ops. At the time, he was in the fire marshal's office. And for those guys to get their, their research through the state, um, they had to go to a couple different conferences. And they actually held one here in Virginia Beach. It was just training. and it just wasn't quality that that we provide now. So we started with the uh, fire marshal track. Okay. And um, we just started, we, we hit locally. We hit, you know, the, the seven cities of Hampton Roads and, uh, and it's stuck. So like there's, I think there's close to 150 guys getting their research hours. From, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So that one grew. And then we uh, went to, the uh, IMTs, incident management teams, and because um, I was pretty active in it, in uh, when I was working, and the uh, so we started offering the three hundred five. You familiar with it? You on the IMT? Mm -hmm. Not in, but familiar. Yes. So we uh, started with the three hundred five class and a uh, uh, an ops chief class, and um, it was pretty well received. Um, and I through my IMT work. Jackson Baynard, he's the uh, fire chief now in Enrico County. He was from the Central Virginia IMT, um, and he had a good cadre of instructors. So, um, you know, I called him, said, Jackson, this is what we want you to do. And he said, heck, yeah. So he brought his team down here, and well, we had like 32 guys the first year. And and so now since then, VDEM has taken over running the classes, um, and but that's another track we grew. So you're in training at James City, so um, you're aware of what's going on with our office, of, the state office of OEMS. So this year we focused on, we're going to try to get some 
additional EMT, you know, EMS yeah. type yeah. classes. So, yeah. So for our listeners that um, don't know, so we have uh, we have some international listeners, uh, a lot of Virginia listeners, some Illinois li- listeners from all over. So if you're not familiar, uh, our office of EMS usually does a conference every year in November where a lot of folks come to get their EMS recertification hours. And that conference didn't happen this year. So the Virginia Fire Rescue Conference um, I, I pretty quick put put together some some things, put some things into action to uh, help with that and make sure people could get CEs while they're attending here. So that's a big deal. Oh, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So we have 80 or 88 category one um, classes going on right now. And so we did it. Strategizing for next year, because they've also canceled their conference for next year okay. already. Okay. Um, we are going to start reaching out to the Thames, you know, the Thames councils, those sorts of uh, rescue councils. And for the listeners, the state of Virginia still has a very strong volunteer system for both fire and um, EMS. So we're going to start marketing with those folks and try to get them. So we're hoping to grow it some more. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Combine fire and EMS. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, so you alluded a little bit to next year. Any Anything else you can tell us about next year you have in the works or? Well, <clears throat> you know, you're always, you always plan your D-mobe first. <laughs> um, so our our process is with we ha- we get vendors you know we've gotten an app now and you can put in your feedback automatically and so our team we use the WhatsApp and um in the moment you say hey we need to do this we they type it so we last year we ended up like 15 pages worth of things that we dissect so probably the third week of March we'll have our first after action meeting and then we we'll have probably two or three of those and we should be done with them by the end of April, mid-May. Um, and then in June, we will start planning. Um, but June 1st is when our call for papers goes out. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, this is a whole year process. Yeah. It's not like it's, Hey, you know, we're going to meet December 1st and throw the conference together. Don't work like yeah, that. So we'll put a plug in for you. So listeners, if you're interested in presenting June 1st, is when that goes out. So make sure you're on the on the website, uh, checking that out if you want to put in. So yeah, great, so, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and you might want to defer this question to Eugene, but when when you get those calls, so like this year, was there any sort of theme that you saw, or a lot of people interested in teaching a certain topic, or have you noticed any of that? I'm just curious. That's well, one of our other growth areas are the hot classes we're doing. We call them hot classes, but the the live practical fire training. Um, We've always had some, um, but two years ago, Virginia Beach, actually it was last year was the first year we did it. Last year, Virginia Beach and Fairfax County training staff got together and put together a program. um, And it was received very well. So Henrico has joined the mix. So this year it was uh, Virginia, Fairfax County, Henrico, Virginia Beach, um, and they do. I don't know all the details, um, but I know that the program they put together, and we get a sponsor um, who provides. We have sponsors. Excuse me, 
Atlantic Emergency mm-hmm. Solutions, who sells everybody's fire equipment <laughs> besides fire trucks. Um, they get some key equipment manufacturers that bring nozzles, hose, breathing apparatus, and things like that. So very nice. They get their bang for the buck because hands-on guys are doing it, and they can go back and tell their bosses like, "Hey, this this is the greatest thing since sliced bread," you know? Yeah. Um, so yesterday. When they started Monday, they do a series of classes. So yesterday's they had, uh, they were in six evolutions all day with anybody that was there. And it covered everything from incident command to fire track, apparatus placement, water supplies, all those kinds of things. It was, it was awesome because we, we took the, the VFCA board there on a bus yesterday and we watched it all. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. I'm going to have to try that next year, Kyle. To do some hot classes. Oh, are you in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure you're back. <laughs> Trying to figure out all this social media stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah. That is one thing about Kyle and I is we can get on here and talk all day long, and this is what we love to do. But we're still figuring out like all the digital and social media parts. When you of get everything. one of these young people a part of a <laughs> <laughs> the the firefighter that we have doing it for us now, she's a uh, yeah we firefighter. Yeah, we met her. Uh, Kayla. Yeah, uh-huh. we met Kayla, Kayla yesterday. Yeah, she's yeah all over. We yeah. actually we just spent several thousand dollars last year she was here and she's like look i need this equipment to make this work so we bought her all the stuff she needed yeah, we need to pick her brain yes that. yeah she's good she's really yeah. good <laughs> well well we greatly appreciate you coming and talking to us and telling us all the good things is there anything else you want to share about the conference um we're here it's uh this is day one our hall opened at one o'clock um you know we 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 want it's you know, if you've gone to FRI and, you know, all those other ones, thousands of people go. We get, like this year, we're hoping to hit a thousand attendees for the conference. But we sell day passes and we get a lot of, we get typically every day between three and 500 people that just want to come and walk the hall. Oh, you know, wow. Kick the tires and all that yeah. stuff. So our total attendance is pushing around 3,000. Not a huge conference, but for an, for a state conference, it's, That's it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. It's just hard to make three, in this huge building, 3,000 people don't look like a lot. You know, right. mm-hmm. if you go to a home show, you know, and there's, it's just, you can't even move any owls. But um, we have a nice, I think that we market ourselves pretty good. I think that uh, we try to be very friendly to our vendors and our attendees and make them feel welcome. And, you know, I, we have a good staff, so it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. we can we can definitely feel that on our end as presenters. So yeah. Oh, yeah. they're at home and, yeah, very easy and, yeah. Good. So yeah. enjoy coming to Virginia. What's the state of Virginia slogan? Virginia's for lovers, right? Virginia's yeah, that's it. Yeah. You got it. You got it. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, appreciate guys. appreciate it. Hey, everybody. We are still out here on the exhibit floor uh, at the Virginia Fire Rescue Conference, and we're grabbing folks that we we want to talk to and pick their brains so you can hear from them as well, our listeners. So we have here uh, Assistant Chief of Training and the chair, is that uh, chair of the Virginia Women of Fire for the VFCA, Sam Green. She's from Fort Belvoir, and I'll let her kind of introduce herself and tell tell you guys a little bit about her background and how she ended up in the position she's in. Thank you. Uh, there's not really much more to say than that. No. Uh, so, like you said, Assistant Chief of Training at Fort Belvoir Fire and Emergency Services. I've been there for 15 years. Uh, first female captain of the organization, actually officer of the organization and first female chief, uh, which 
breaking down walls, a very small department. Uh, to see that kind of thing, I guess they just decided that I'd be the perfect fit for the Women of Fire and EMS for the VFCA as the as serve as the president. And it, the, and it's been a long career, but it's been great. And um, yeah, so that's just a brief how I so, got here. So you guys just started the Women of Fire last year, this year? Like it just became a thing. It's a section of the VFCA. So how do you know the history, how that got yeah, started? Yeah, you became president last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it was established in 2023. Okay. At Actually at the conference, they actually voted yeah, it in last year. That. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So we did not have a, a day for us uh, last year, but it was. It was just established. They had a great team of chiefs that were like, hey, we have uh, the VFCA board. And when you looked around the room, there was only one other female. And the most of it was your your typical, you know, just all men. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we got to change something. We're, we're missing a whole group of people that were just not, we're just not get, you know, yeah. getting that. So. Yeah, they they just established it. And it was uh, Marcy Stone, Chief Stone. If you guys have not talked to her, I really do. Like, she's been one of my, like, huge mentor in my career. And uh, it's kind of funny. Her and I took a class today, and they asked me who's one of your mentors. And it was, she's an indirect mentor. And I'm sure you guys know that's, like, someone you've never met. Mm-hmm. Kind of like just someone you watch on TV or you read a book, you know, Kobe Bryant, whoever. And that was Marcy Stone for me for years. Like, she was breaking waves down in Virginia, becoming first female chief. And I'm like, hey, I can do this. Like, it is real. And we sit in a class today, but she actually had a lot to do with it. She was on she was on the board and wanted this section. Uh, I think the only reason why she didn't do president is she's really needed in the section she's at. But uh, so I, I owe a lot to the I think the whole VFCA in Virginia it was a lot to Marcy and her being able to build this section That's to good. reach more women. Yeah. So. so so this year you had an entire um, Women of Fire and EMS Day, and you uh, brought us here. You and we owe a lot of thanks to you as well for bringing us to Virginia. You know, I'm from Virginia, but bringing us as speakers to the conference last year for the Federal Military Day. And, and Kyle and I spoke last year for the first time at this conference. Um, and then this year you invited us back to speak to the Women of Fire. And that was, uh, I think, uh, of the week because we spoke today as well. But the audience in Women of Fire was the most engaging. Most the lots of conversation, lots yeah. of open, honest stuff that we got to talk about, and that was really fun. So thank you, thank you and your group. That was it was good stuff today. Oh, th- so. Thank you guys. And like I said, last year coming down, it it was a hit. Obviously, you guys were invited back before I even got a chance to do it for the Women of Fire <laughs> EMS Day. So uh, you guys are doing amazing things. I listen to your podcast. I try to push you guys out there. I really love your message and I, I just want to spread that to everybody. Awesome. So. Well, yeah, we absolutely appreciate that. You know, in your first year as the president of the Virginia Women of Fire, I got to make sure I get that right. Uh, you know, I it, it's a probably a hard position to kick something off like that. What have been some successes over your first year and then, you know, looking forward into next year, what are some goals and where, where, where do you see this going? So that's a loaded, que- a big question no, right there, it's, right? <laughs> it's amazing. And actually, because I mean, you guys teach us to be authentic leaders. And unfortunately, I think it's one of my weaknesses that I'm always a little too authentic sometimes. And you say, what are the successes? And I like that you asked me that because I've been beat up pretty hard today in this section, I feel like. And I think that I need to focus more on the positives. Yeah. And when you put a question like that, so thank you. That's kind of why my face of like, you got me, is there was a lot of successes. So for one, the section, it it was developed. We have an awesome logo where we got a group of guys and girls. Because I want to say it's Women of Fire and EMS, but we are all inclusive. It doesn't matter if you're an admin, fire, male, female, whatever. We want everybody to be Mm -hmm. a part of it. And that's kind of the 
the goal. But I mean, we we made an awesome logo. I think it's the best logo in the VFCA. <laughs> the uh, coin, the coin's yes, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I have them. So if anyone's interested, oh, uh, they it is. It's it's a cool logo. But it took just a bunch of people together and like the creativity and seeing them work together, like thinking about it and talking. Huge success. I know it's a simple thing, but we got T-shirts now. So lots of. Su- yeah, it's great. We've had meetings with a bunch of networking. I've developed friendships in this last year that are going to last a lifetime. And, you know, we had one of the admin and a couple of people come up to me after Tuesday that were just like, Sam, you're, you're different, but we love your message and we love how real you are. And I think just knowing that I'm impacting people in a positive way is, is a success. For the future, it's going to be a lot. We're actually, uh, from that day, you guys missed the morning session, but the, the the men and women that were in the class were like, we want a hot class for women. We want to do yeah. something that's get our hands out there, you know, have women teaching other women techniques because we are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use some like we have to work harder to to build this muscle strength and stuff like that. And that's OK. Yeah. We're, we're about the job. But they were like, hey, we want a hot class. We want to throw ladders. We want to do something like Smithfield and, and all these other Bedford truck school. Like we need something like that for women. We're, we want women instructors to teach us these techniques to, you know, get a nozzle down the hallway with it flowing for smaller statured people or throw ladders or cut cars. And so now I think like this year, we got already got a few folks that are like completely 100% engaged and we're already having conversations. So you're going to you're going to see that. And hopefully maybe we can do a podcast closer with some instructors. But uh, I think that's going to be a huge win and show like, hey, we're just not going to sit in a classroom and talk about you know, women need gear. Like, right. We want to do firefighting stuff too. Like yeah. this is what it's about. Like yeah. I love the job. I love getting you know going out and doing search. I love it all. So I'm super pumped about it. And I'm I'm glad that we had that. So that that's going to be my future focus. Leaving here is making sure that this hot class happens and and just opening up experience for people and like get them in get them comfortable in those environments. So. Yeah, and you know it made me think of something. I was taking golf lessons and my golf instructor said something I hadn't thought of because I'd always wondered like as a female in this career like. Do I need do people need to teach me a different way, like, you know, approach me as an instructor like differently? And my golf instructor was really, really good at teaching women. And I was like, why? Why is that? He said, because you he said so much of of what, you know, in sports and specifically golf, you get it in your head. And I wonder, like in the fire service, like, is there a is there a method to the madness maybe teaching women a little differently, too? And so it might be beneficial for instructors to have to teach a whole group of women. And like, how are you going to approach that? And like that a lot of it is probably a mental game, too. It's not just the physical components. It's the confidence and the mental part of of that. My, my golf instructor is the one that brought that up. And he was like, yeah, coaching women is a completely different ballgame than coaching men. He's like, yeah, I have to convince you of all these other things before you even swing this club. And I'm like, huh. Maybe there is something to that. So yeah, you know, and we talk about you know me and you talk about introspection and authenticity, and you know most most of not everybody comes to life in this industry with some level of bias towards something, and it's when we work on our self reflection and being authentic. How do we get rid of those biases? So we're training people the same, we're doing things the same, but yet then we also understand the differences and how to approach that yeah. correctly instead of saying that it's a weakness but it's a strength. And I know how to correctly teach that. So putting people in the positions to learn in those in type in those types of environments is awesome, you know. Yeah, and I think too, it's like everyone could say like you know, there's no such thing as a gentleman anymore, and I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I you know, sometimes in my organization alone and then coming out, it's just, you guys have it in you to just want to be nice and like, mm-hmm. let me help you with that. And it's not disrespectful. 
or you know you see us struggling with an extrication tool or a ladder your your first go-to is we're just going to help because you know you're a gentleman right right and and you are trying to get after it too but sometimes you got to let us learn and you don't know necessarily that we need those techniques right no not picking on you yeah yeah you're absolutely right and i think i like that you sat in the middle kyle so (laughs) 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 but it is it's very important and and it's just such a different you just things we have to do different and it doesn't make us weak right it doesn't make us bad at our job we just got to learn a different way and and also let us see it through because like i said i think some you know most of the men are still gentlemen and they want to just help And, and they don't mean anything by it's not malicious it's just well, if you always take the tool from me because you see me struggling, teach me how to hold it better. Find right. a way that works for myself versus that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's very cool. So I'm I'm excited about it. That's like I'm I'm going to focus on it full heartedly, and hopefully whoever takes over my position like next year can continue that because it was cool to hear that that women want to go do hands on stuff yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Because like I love it, mm-hmm. and, and you just I think they just need to feel comfortable in that environment and get after it. So I'm, yeah. I'm super excited. I hope it pull, like I hope it works. Well, I have I, no I, doubt that it will. Yeah. But your passion and <laughs> yeah, your excitement is, say your is passion extremely is evident. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you get to do, you get to go break stuff <laughs> yeah. and put out fire. Like, I'm oh, not really everything. into throwing ladders, but I'm all about everything. I, else. I feel like she's gonna go find one of the forcing doors, like right now, yeah. and go bust it down. Yeah. That's how pumped she yeah. is. <laughs> do like a video. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Teach me a new technique, right? Let's do it. Yeah. So. Well, it sounds like you have a lot more successes than failures. So congratulations on this first year. And, and I'm excited for what you're bringing here. And it, it sounds pretty awesome. So, you know, sometimes we can harp on ourselves for some of the rough stuff that happens, but you're doing it. Yeah. And it's no, awesome. Sorry, there's a little girl in a Barbie dress, like right behind us right here. And she's just staring at me. But like, that's also a success is that um, I have a seven-year-old daughter and she's my entire world. And I want them to know coming up you can do anything you want. Like you're just as badass as anyone around yeah. you. Just, you know, sky's the limit. So, yeah. I, like, sorry, she was staring at me. Yeah. It's probably because I'm funny looking. But <laughs> it just resonated. Like I miss my daughter. Like it'd be cool. Like I, but I do. I want her to be able. To, whatever she decides to do in life is to not meet as much resistance and yeah. and to be able to be supported by people. Yeah, so. and and to have great role models like yep. yourself. And there's so many so many women in the fire service that have done such amazing things. And you know. Your daughter has lots to look up to. Yep. <laughs> I hope so. She misses me. We She got oh, yeah. a little upset earlier when I talked to her. But, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a long week. But it, it's hopefully worth it if I can make impacts. So it's like yeah. you guys being here away from your family and you're making impacts, like a, a positive stuff from y'all's class. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and you haven't been to one of their classes, you need to this week or whenever. Um, it's an amazing class. So well, thank, thank you, guys. You. All right, Chief. Well, enjoy the rest of your week here. And we can't wait to catch up again soon. We are here with Chief Marcy Stone from the Roanoke. Is it Roanoke Fire and EMS or Roanoke Fire and Apartment? Roanoke Fire and EMS, okay. Roanoke City. I got that. All righty. And she, you are also on the VFCA. And um, what is your position on the VFCA? I'm Vice President of Region 6. So I represent Southwest Virginia. Oh, that's exciting. How long have you done that? Um, this is my third year as uh, VFCA Vice President, and I've just been moved to the Executive Board as well. Oh, good stuff. Okay, so how long have you been? So I know you've been with Roanoke and some other pl- places as well. Can you just tell us a little about, about your career in the fire service? Yeah, so I started out as a volunteer in high school, uh, and I took a vocational program um, and got certified as a firefighter while I was in high school and took an EMT class at night. And in 19 
1997, I was hired as a career firefighter for the city of Roanoke. We had had a merger of fire and EMS department, um, and they went out and tried to hire for their first academy fire and EMS. And I was a paramedic and a firefighter. So I tested um, myself and Nicole Wade, another female, were hired as the very first females for fire suppression. Um, from there, I promoted up to paramedic because you can only be an EMT when you first started out. So firefighter EMT, and then I promoted up to firefighter paramedic. Um, I went through the ranks of lieutenant, first lieutenant, and captain. Um, had a premature baby, left the fire service for a very short period of time as an emergency manager, um, and then landed a role at Bedford County Fire and Rescue as their deputy chief of operations. And then from there, came back to the city of Roanoke, um, where I'm now deputy chief of operations. Wow, that's quite the story. Very successful career. I think we could do a whole, like, episode or season on women that were the firsts in their departments and what their experiences, because I'm sure it's all over the map, how that, you know, how that shapes or turns out for, yeah. for women. I think that would be really interesting it to would be. do. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of women across the country, and it definitely is different, just depending on the demographics and the regions they come from. Um, my experience in Southwest Virginia was definitely uh, kind of stepping back in time. <laughs> um, but um, I've had other females who were the first in their organizations and really have have been very, very successful in their careers and not had the same obstacles. So, yeah. And I, I, that some of the women that came before me, man, just were rock stars and, and really set me up, you know, for, for an easier road than a, a lot of stories that I've heard for women. So I, I, like Donna Douglas worked for the city of Williamsburg and Tony Cologne and Amy Ash and all of them that were before me in, in James city just were, they were just killing it. And it, 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 really made my life a lot easier when I came in. So I was the first, not the first captain, female captain, but the first battalion, female battalion chief in, in my department. And um, it's, it's, I've had a great, great department to work for, so I cannot complain at all. But um, so we, uh, we met you earlier this week at the Women of Fire and EMS Day for the, the BFCA Women of Fire and EMS Day. And you guys had an awesome class. And Kyle and I were talking about it, probably the one of the most engaging classes. And I wonder if that's a female thing. <laughs> Women are more willing to talk. Well, I'll let you know after April 6th in Illinois and, yeah, and how yeah. that goes. Yeah, know? Kyle's <laughs> speaking to the women of um, fire in Illinois. In, yeah. in, in, in Which I'm very April. excited yes. about. Yeah. yeah. So but your class, man, just some very thought-provoking discussion and engaging. And I think a lot of times in the conferences, it's not just it's not the classes you go to. It's the conversations you have with other people about their experiences and how they're handling different things that we're all trying to navigate in, in the workplace and in the in the fire industry. So thank you for your class was amazing. So we appreciate that. And then uh, we were talking to Chief Sam Green earlier and she's telling us this story about how, you know, she's got this mentor in the fire service who doesn't even know her. But it's like a rock star that you have as a mentor and you don't really know him in real life. And then uh, all of a sudden she meets you and she knows you. You and now she can she can call you and and she had I guess watched your career I think is what it had happened and and really um, had a lot of admiration for the what you had done in your career so we had to meet you so she brought you over here and made you come talk to us so. yeah well you know I've had that weird out of body experience uh, like I had with Chief Green uh, where 
people have come up to me, both male and female, and been like, hey, I've watched your career. You know, how did you do this? What did you do? How did you navigate in this situation? And I'm like, how did, first of all, how did they even find out about me? But I, <laughs> I am in like classes and engaged that way. I think I have every certificate that potentially could be had, but I'm not afraid to step into an arena and be different and ask questions. I'm a very curious person. I love the fire service. I love the EMS division as well. So, you know, I'm just not afraid and I and I go for what I want and I know I have I'm very goal focused. I'm very competitive, which is can be a good and bad thing in the fire <laughs> service. <laughs> but it's given me the opportunity to really get myself outside my comfort zone. I actually grew up as an introverted person and the fire service really brought that out of me. I had to make sure I had a voice and have a place at the table and have conversations that other people weren't comfortable having, but I recognized that it was going to change what our department was doing and how we were showing up. I recognized early on that Unfortunately, when I was hired in 1997, it was to check a box to say we had women. It wasn't necessarily that we want women and we want to keep women. Um, so I've I've had to show up in that space and, you know, just ask questions and be different. But like in Sam's situation, I had no idea that she would even know who I was. And um, I knew her chief and he had talked about me in different situations. And that's how she started kind of following my career. Um, But as we met each other, she told me that. And I'm like, that is so crazy. (laughs) But it's nice that, you know, I'm setting a good example and folks recognize that, that I'm not trying to come in. And, you know, I, I know at one point in time, like, women's groups, people had this idea that it was a man-haters club, and that was the furthest thing from the truth from any of the experiences that I'd had, particularly for Virginia's women in fire service. It was really to advocate for things that may affect us in a different way. Like, I didn't think about this. I have a, I wear a size medium glove, man glove. (laughs) Um, I never thought about needing female gloves. But as I've talked to other females, they're like, yeah, what do you do about turnout gear? And what do you do about this? And what do you do about that? I'm like, huh, I don't have that challenge, but let's talk about it and let's figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. And I I can say from just meeting you yesterday and we talk we talk in our class like sometimes you meet people and you just know right away that they're authentic and genuine and as soon as you spoke in class yesterday I had this connection to you as well so I can see where Sam gets it but I'm like you're incredibly well spoken and just uh some of the things you said yesterday are thought provoking to me and just insightful and I'm I'm glad you spoke in class because I think you're very authentic and genuine and I can see why she would pick you as a mentor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem. I do. I'll, I'll tell you, like, I've taken all these, like, disc assessments and different personality assessments. And what I've found out is I trust people too much. So I am really that person that wears my heart literally on my sleeve. And that's that's been very good for me because people do see me as authentic and I'm really showing up sometimes naively just thinking I belong wherever it is. <laughs> and like the Virginia fire chiefs, I walk into this room and at the time there is no other females whatsoever that 
you know, I didn't know at the time, Mary Beth Mykos that retired from Prince William County. Um, and she's been retired for some time, but works for iChiefs. Um, she had been on the Virginia Fire Chiefs board back in her career, but there was really no acknowledgement of that. And that was 20 years ago. Wow. So I show up in this group and it's all men. I walk in the room and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm here. What do I do now? But then I just start engaging. And like I said, just naively going and thinking that I belong right there and having the same conversations. And that's just who I am. And and I want the best for all of us, no matter how you show up, no matter what your gender is. Um, you know, and we, we've got to face in the future that there are going to be people in the fire service who may not identify as male or female. They're, they're going to be with us and we have to make sure that we're advocating for everybody. And if somebody loves the fire service, no matter how they show up, we should be welcoming and we should make sure that we're setting them up for success. Yeah. And I think Kyle and I. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kyle and I have talked about how our kids, you know, are, are learning so much about uh, emotional intelligence now that they'll be very comfortable having the pronoun conversation and the whatever conversation comes next. And, you know, we're still back here, you know, trying to figure it out. And 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 our kids are going to be like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. It's not a big deal, yeah. right? <laughs> right. It's, it, it's really not a big deal. My daughter's 17 and she has friends that identify in all different ways. And, you know, and for me, even coming up when people were hot in their sexual orientation, yeah. not just their gender. They were, uh, uh, you know, identifying as gay. But at, back then, um, I graduated from high school in 1993, and that was something that a lot of my friends hid. And she, you know, she has friends that identify in all different ways, and it's not an issue for her. And we need to think about that in the fire service, and we need to be more accepting in that way. But right now, I do feel like we have a lot of area that we need to grow. And even as administrators, we have to yeah. think that way. Yeah. At, at least start having the conversations. Yeah. You know, that's that's where it all starts, having the conversations. So, yeah. So, well, thank you for coming and chatting with us. Thank you. I, I hope you have a great rest of the conference and I uh, hope we get to see you and talk to you before we leave. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. As we wrap up another episode, this has been Kyle. And Carrie. From the Heat of Command podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please make sure to follow and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And as always, we love the feedback. Keep it coming. See you next time. Mm-hmm.